0: Hi, this is Kim Dixon. Welcome back to Weber County's Greatest Generation. My last podcast was done in September and so it's been quite a while but I've been working really hard trying to get the book 1943 Weber County's Greatest Generation done and to the publisher by Thanksgiving. So I'm on track with that and so hopefully it will be back and ready um, to sell by Christmas. So looking forward to that and there will be more to come. So today being Veterans Day, I decided that I would go back to November 11th, 1918, and see what was going on in Ogden on the very first Armistice Day. So here's a news article from that day. Ogden joined with the rest of the world today in celebrating the first international holiday the world has ever seen, the day that marks the deliverance of the people from the throes of autocratic militarism of the Prussians, and made the world a decent place to live. It is a day that will long remain in the memory of even the smallest patriot. It is a day for general rejoicing and thanksgiving, and is one that will go down in history as being one big international holiday, and Ogden's approval for such a day was given by fully 30,000 people of the city and the county. It was only a few minutes past the hour of 5 a.m. when Mr. and Mrs. H.E. Skinner, Marched out, bearing the flags ready for an old kind of celebration, and they led the way with the Southern Pacific Band, evidencing to the city of Ogden that the boys who have gone over there to some tremendous purpose and had stayed over there until it was over over there. By 9 a.m., the whole city was awake and downtown, and what America thinks of the Kaiser and the kind of thing for which he has stood and fought for during the past four years and more was evidenced not only by a casket carrying his remains, which were high and lifted by the fire department's big glory, along with other effigies of him hung from the derricks by the George Alos Company enthusiastic employees and the workers of Utah Power and Light. If it be true that the Kaiser once opined that the war would be won with the aid of machine guns, then he met his proper fate as an effigy, prepared for him by the J. G. Reed concern for the care they had affixed to a dummy machine gun, which at regular intervals spit forth its fire and bowled the hated ruler into dust. The turbulently good spirits of the crowd were expressed in all sorts of good-humored outrage, as for instance, the boldly flagrant sign that read, free booze to anyone down at the courthouse. The newspaper men of the city joined in the procession, a seemingly never ceasing parade down 25th and Washington. It would be wrong to think that Ogden's celebration was merely a matter of noise and bluster, the tooting of horns and the shrieking of whistles. It was more than that because deep down in the hearts of many people who lined the streets and walked in the procession was thankfulness to the Almighty God that the thing our boys had set their hands to do in this war were instrumental in bringing it about. Men and women who wear the insignia of those who mourn for sons' lost to them until they meet again in a fairer world, Sons who had gone to the call of the colors. Sons who had gone overseas and laid down their lives, paying the one supreme price for their devotion to their country and their country's high ideals. I have documented 22 Weber County boys that died in World War I. So to honor them on this Veterans Day, I'm going to read their names. Those who died of their wounds. Corporal Anders J. Fretson, Private Herbert H. Fowers. Private G. Inama. Private Peter L. Keyes, Private Bert R. Miller, Private John Mulder, Private Charles White Jr. Those who died of disease, Sergeant Clayton B. Griswold, Corporal Merle Wilwright, Private Cliff Barton, Private Earl L. Cobb, Private John S. Ferguson, Private Ralph Hall. Those killed in action, Marine for Sergeant Frank Lewis Glick, Private John Doles, Private Mervyn A. Elwood, Private William B. Fowles, Private David E. Jesperson, Private Henry R. Kramer, Private Walter A. Monson, Private Fred F. Schmaltz, and our last, Corporal Fred J. Grant, who was killed in action on November tenth, 1918, just hours before the armistice was signed. He was the last Utahan to die in the war and quite possibly the last American to be killed. It's gonna take a while for all of our servicemen to get back. They will be gone for probably a year and now they're gonna come back to the influenza pandemic. So there's still challenges ahead. But looking back on it from here in history, it's only going to be 23 years before Pearl Harbor attacks. And so it's only gonna be a few years until they start sending their sons and daughters, over 6,000 of them, back into the world where a lot more of them will die. As it has always been with this project, I am so inspired by those boys that left to do the job that they needed to do by their sacrifice by their willingness to fight for what we have today. And most of all, I'm honored to remember them and to tell their stories so that they can never be forgotten. So thanks for listening to this podcast. Again, it's available on iTunes or on my Facebook page, Weber County's Greatest Generation. See you soon.